Hi, everybody. This is Chris Sarandon. Welcome to Fright Night Minute for real. Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome to Fright Night Minute, where we talk about the 1985 horror classic Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin, and we want to welcome Jonathan Howell from Minute Impossible and Cast in the Furious. Welcome, Jonathan. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Am I the first one to say that? You are? I think Can't so. Be. I mean, there might have been a blah, what? blah, here and there. But... Yeah, but that was 96 minutes in. And... Yeah, that was a vampire blah. Oh, okay. You don't think you're not taking Jonathan seriously as a vampire tonight? No, I am. Oh, okay. I've watched this movie, so yeah, there's no way to take any of vampires seriously when they have giant uh, Joker mouths and giant pointy teeth. <laughs> I love this movie. I love this movie so much for its ridiculousness. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah, what, what's your experience with Fright Night? Like, did you watch it in the 80s? Did you watch it recently? Last week? <laughs> uh, I've done both. I've done both. Uh, I, I originally watched it in 85, probably not in the theater, but it was definitely on HBO. Yeah, for sure. And I watched on HBO a thousand oh, times. Nice. It is just one of those movies that we're just like, we love this movie. This is definitely the one we need to do. So it's... Yeah, between this and Gremlins 2, having like the Sven Gulli kind of guy, uh, like from a, a show, you know, become the yeah. hero is, uh, it was kind of a theme at that point. So I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy this movie. I, and this is where I first learned, I revert, learned in reverse that Chris Sarandon was married to Susan Sarandon because I thought, oh, his last name's Sarandon. I thought, is that Susan Sarandon's brother? And so I was like, no, that's his, her, her ex-husband. I went, oh, then why is she still Susan Sarandon? And they're like, because she's famous yeah. now. I was like, okay. It's like you get you get your big break under your married name, and then you just gotta kind of got to stay that way. Right. You're, you're stuck in time. Yeah. yeah. So I was just a little, just a little kid, probably, uh, I think I was 11 years old when mm-hmm. this came out. So perfect age to see this movie, because this movie's relatively tame. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got a little, it's got a little boobage, but you know, it's not bad. Uh, well, we'll get into it. This is minute ninety six of Fright Night, which is not bad. It begins with Charlie and Peter on the hunt, and ends with one cranky girlfriend. So we start off with Charlie and Peter uh, now in the basement after fighting the the vampire bat Jerry. Um, but they're in a hurry because if uh, Jerry is not dead by dawn, Amy is a creature of the night permanently. However, it's uh, it's clearly mm-hmm. dawn outside already, and we're not really sure about the rules. I don't think Tom Holland's sure about the rules either. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, no, Tom. Uh, this, this whole movie, like, the other than the cross and, like, having to believe, which is a great, great thing yeah. they had in this movie. For my entire life, that's what I've always, that's one of the big rules I took with me. I'm always like, oh, you have to believe it's not For just sure. the cross. Yeah. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. And then later on, we'll get to it when we get to it in these this week's minutes. But there's some definitely some stuff you're like, hey, that's supposed to kill a vampire. Hold on. And so they're, yeah. they're definitely bending the rules in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had uh, Father David on a few weeks ago talking about uh, having to have faith. So those were awesome conversations. Um, so I I have faith that Roddy McDowell's hair is not really this white <laughs> because because this scene is what really shows it. I was like, man, what terrible high school level stage pancake makeup is he wearing right now? Right. 
Because when they when he turns on when not Billy, I call him not Billy because from sure. <laughs> uh, when when not Billy like turns the light on, it, it's it literally it looks like I did when I was in like the, the mouse that roared and I had to play like an old man, <laughs> and I was like it's just that's just spray in gray hair. This is terrible. Yeah, we covered this uh, many 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 weeks ago, but uh, yeah, the, the- See, that's the problem with doing your show this this far in advance. You've already covered everything, <laughs> and it's ninety six minutes in. I've only heard five minutes of it. Cause that's how much has been out. Yeah, when I'm recording, yeah, Jonathan has the uh, esteemed pleasure of being the only person that's guested on this show so far that uh, has actually heard the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard the show. So we were, you've now caught up with real time. Oh uh, yeah, well you totally missed this whole thing where I talked about the hair and the, hair, the makeup artists weren't very. That was the one thing they weren't satisfied with at the end of this movie was and Peter. Oh, said, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it looks looks terrible. You know, HD doesn't do it any favors. <laughs> no, no you know? I mean. No, HD is HD has killed many of the movies that I loved as a child. And I'm looking at it like, oh, Police Academy, ouch! Yeah. <laughs> this looks, this is, this is rough. So RoboCop. Oh right. yeah, yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> In the uh, Walmart bin, or is that what you... okay? Uh, so Peter says, "Quick, his coffin has to be down here somewhere." So they walk deeper into the basement, and yeah, Charlie turns on another light. We see that. Um, we see some antiquities here and there. Uh, Jerry is a a big collector. He's he's collected many a thing over the Hold many on. years. Are they antiquities or are they just clutter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if, in that case, I have antiquities right now in my house. <laughs> I mean, there's like, other than like, yeah, look, is, is it for me as the audience, am I supposed to believe like these busts are like Byzantine? I think so. Or, you know, like from other, from other cultures all over the world. I think so. I think it's supposed to illustrate kind of like a mummy. Yeah. Like a mummy type reveal, like Hamanoptera has all the gold of Egypt. Yes. I mean, like all these, or the, um, what am I thinking of? The Nicolas Cage with National Treasure. It's like full of, you know, grail night. <laughs> booty basically yeah i I think so there's a chair upside down this is trash (laughs) just so you know it's trash well fucking billy hasn't been doing his job yeah exactly oh fucking billy (laughs) yeah there's a some sort of romanesque head or something i don't know if that's on a mirror or something there's an old fan you can now buy at like restoration (laughs) hardware lots of metal jugs here and there yeah, there are metal jugs everywhere. What is up with that? <laughs> the giant wicker basket bird cage. Right. And I don't know why my mind was immediately drawn to uh, Dead Alive, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I guess that was a big wooden uh, crate that the monster is being carried in. But but I, I saw that wicker bird cage and thought of Dead Alive. But I don't know, man. I think all of this junk is supposed to illustrate that he's been around. He's been he's been here for Jerry's been here for a very long time. Or maybe they inherited all this shit when they bought the house. Yeah, it's all been there. Yeah. He's a thousand year old hoarder who moved into a hoarder's house and now he's just got junk on top of right with one fucking guy to move all this crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah who sucks yeah. at his job. Right. Where do you want the suit well, of at, at least Jerry, you know, you know, you have to give it to Jerry though. Jerry did start outsourcing pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. He started uh trying to build his coven and brood, whatever you want to call. What do you call what do you call a clutch a clutch? What do you call the group of vampires? I don't know. Is there I think yeah. I like the murder of crows, so maybe it's also yeah. a murder of vampires. A suckling of vampires. <laughs> a bunch? A baker's dozen? I don't know. Yeah, baker's a <laughs> group of vampires. Now, I'm going to look it up while we continue talking. Hopefully it's a clot. Better. Watch, it'll be some- a clot of vampires. A clot. A clot <laughs> is good. Now, I, I, I actually, we actually got it with clutch, brood, coven, pack, or clan. Clan's pretty good. Yeah. That's kind of like that interview with a vampire, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like they're all different clans everywhere. Or, uh, I kind of like that. Vampire the Masquerade. 
Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so like weathered uh, combat veterans, uh, Charlie and uh, Peter end up kind of back-to-back uh, skating the room, not letting anything get by them. And I, I actually wanted to say that I really appreciated the fact that they didn't bump into each other and go, oh, like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Zoinks. <laughs> Gee, Scoops. <laughs> So uh, they hear a creak, and Charlie goes to check it out. And this is also a really good way to save these guys, the 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 guys who did the, the production of the movie. This is a good way to save money. They just built a small clutter-filled set, put it mostly in darkness, and then have some light coming in from the outside. Like, you can barely see it, like, yeah. you know, peeking in. And I was like, that's actually pretty smart for a... a I mean, I wouldn't call this a low-budget movie, but it's not a big 80s blockbuster. Yeah, uh, well, Columbia but, but it, was, uh, you know, they gave them a bunch of money, but they were paying attention to the big movie that they were really pushing, and that was the uh, John Travolta, Jamie Lee Curtis movie, Perfect. Oh, God, I love that movie. <laughs> that was also on HBO, probably at the same time. But that that gave me different feelings yeah. than this movie. Yes. <laughs> and John Travolta's hair looked much more real than Roddy McDowell's. So. <laughs> You know, then, <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> then it well, now he's finally given up the ghost, right? His hair is, his hair is as dead as Roddy McDowell. It is gone <laughs> off his head. It is gone off his head. And now we're all like, yeah, fine, John, you should have done this like 25 years ago. We'd all been good with it. Right. Now he's wearing it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Some people compensate with larger beards mm-hmm. for other, uh, problems in their lives. So I, I won't, uh, I won't expound on that too much except for my giant beard. Yeah. Well, I drive a big truck. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a huge penis. So it all kind of works out. That makes up for a lot. Uh, yeah, it does. Makes up for my small beard. <laughs> so, uh, Charlie and Peter do break uh, a big rule here, which is uh, never split up. There's, there's a bad never. idea. Did they split up, or did Roddy McDowell just kind of go off on his own? It seems like it, it wasn't not Billy's idea to. <laughs> Billy is not Charlie, to, just so you know. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> He, he does. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't know that he's left. Yeah, I think is the problem. No, in this movie, it, it, I, there's, there's, there's basically just like let's go in this dark room, and I'm just going to walk away. I do think that uh, Charlie does. No, say, I, I, the I reason why I'm calling him not Billy is not. I mean Billy from. I mean Billy from. Gremlin. Zach Galligan. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. He's not Billy. Yeah, we've said okay. before. Well, I can say not Zach. I guess I can say not Zach. I right. Guess. We said before that because there, there is a there, there is a similarity between the two and the guy in American Werewolf in London. Oh, right. There's right. like there it was a theme that was the hero it's a look. stock. Uh, yeah. You know, sh- actor look. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not the most handsomest, but you know, the most boyish. Maybe I don't know. Uh, dark curly hair, tall, mm-hmm. a little bit gangly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and the guy from uh, uh, what was that movie with um, Molly Ringwald, where the guy gets not knocks her up, and they like start a family really oh, early. For keeps. Like, yeah, for keeps him. He's one. Of, he's definitely one of these guys. All right. I bet they all meet for lunch <laughs> Still t- today. They go to the, the Grove <laughs> in L.A. and just meet. Just call this just like basic white guy lunch. <laughs> right. I can I actually see someone approaches the table and all of them look and say, fuck off, Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Charlie heads back towards the stairs where the creek came from and he's got the cross raised in front of him and a shadow falls across him and a figure descends and it's Amy, her, uh, um, her figure is, uh, silhouetted by the basement light. And how? Uh, Oofa. Yeah. She's been enhanced. <laughs> she has been enhanced. Yeah, I think, I think becoming a vampire made her sexier. I agree. Yeah. How come that always happens in movies like Once Bitten? <laughs> 
uh, Bram Stoker, all the they all get really horny. Mm-hmm. What's what's up with that? Has, has there ever has there been? Is it the bloodlust? Is that why? Is that what it is? It's not really. They're not really being sexy. They're just. It's a bloodlust. They just want the blood so badly that they can like. I don't know. It's when I'm hungry, I don't like go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't get like. And I don't. I don't get like this. <laughs> So yeah, I, I just don't. I don't understand where we came up with vampires being. I understood originally, like Count Dracula was like, uh, like a like he was sensual in that he would like coax you in, right, and and woo you. But since then, all the harpies and ladies and lady vampires are all they're all like the second they get bitten, they turn into. I mean, even uh, what Dana Barrett in uh, Ghostbusters, who's basically a vampire. <laughs> She's like, you know, she becomes like a horn dog, literally. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just one of those weird tropes that you see in these movies, and it's never been explained. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like they get a they get a makeover or something. Like they go they, their hair, they get more volume to their hair oh, always. Yeah. In the eighties, it was I'm sexy, so I have big hair. Mm-hmm. Here I come. Yeah, her hair is so big that it kind of sticks to the side of the wall as she's descending. <laughs> It's pretty funny. He's, I'd love if Roddy McDowell like stuck his head out from behind one of the boxes. Like, hey, how come her hair looks great? <laughs> <laughs> and her boobs. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. Well, that, that's just her. <laughs> well, actually, it's not. It's it, those are fake. Mm. Those are fake. They've, no. Yeah. Plaster. Yeah. She or rubber or whatever. She ended up selling them at plaster. A, at a, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. They're plaster, man. It's <laughs> fucking brick and mortar. It's. Uh, yeah, no. she's built like a brick house. <laughs> now it seems like she's standing in light right now, like real light, like daylight. Oh no, I don't think there's any daylight coming in here. That, no, I know, but it, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's just a regular light. All right, they 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 did pull on a light cord. I don't think you really see it. Two of them. They turned two lights. They, they pull on one when they, they came down the stairs, yeah, and then Charlie they go further, did, yeah. and then they pull the All other right, one. Excuse me. Peter does. Yeah. Sure. Well, sorry if those weren't the knobs I was looking at at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, in the original script, uh, Amy has been chasing after Charlie and Peter throughout the house. And like ever since Jerry called to her uh, from the roof and she like attacks them, they go into the attic that she attacks them there. Uh, the, she attacks after facing Jerry as the giant bat. And they, they've basically been like knocking her out or like locking her behind a few doors. So when she finally shows up in the basement, um, Charlie goes to check the stairs, doesn't see anything there, and then turns around and she's right behind him. That's that's how it was uh, originally scripted. I, I think this works a lot better because in the movie itself, like Charlie's only seen her since she was first beginning to turn. That that one time, and then you know Peter then sees her again, more like in this version of Vampire Amy, uh, and he kind of locks her in the room. So this is this really is a big shock to Charlie uh, how uh, how sexy uh, (laughs) Amy has gotten, and uh, she sounds a lot more like Kathleen Turner here. I thought. (laughs) Yeah, well, the the the, yeah, the physically not the same, but yeah. Well, this is a this is also a part of the Han Solo fever dream, I should say. uh, Charlie says it's me, and Amy says I know. <laughs> like those are two classic uh, Han Solo lines right there. So um, yeah, it's canon. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah, Amy steps into the light. Charlie can see that she's got you know red eyes, pointy teeth, and uh, pointy um, uh, teeth. Teeth. <laughs> I thought you were going with breasts, but okay. Oh 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 okay. <clears throat> and uh, she lets out a snarl, and we go back to Peter, who is surprised to find a secret door. 
Oh, I love secret doors. Yay. Out of the back cave. It, yeah, I wonder if this was built in there or, you know, when Billy was, you know, talking to the realtor, he's like, I need something with, like, some sort of secret door in the basement. Like, furthest away from light you could possibly get. Right. You've heard of John Wayne Gacy. I need something. Yeah. Need something Do you have anything like where, like, runaways have been locked in and then, you know, they got caught, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, if anything, John Wayne Gacy was not careful enough. I'm looking for more of a, a, a more secret room. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, do you have someone? Okay, I need someone that has a lot of bric-a-brac just kind of around and also yeah. a secret room. This is a very specific. I mean, I love this house. I know it's a set inside. Is it a set inside or is that a real yeah, house? Yeah. Um, well, the house itself like the is on, was on the Disney lot. Okay. And, you know, then they kind of built uh, exteriors so they could shoot uh, some closer scenes like Jerry floating around the house or whatever. Um, but all the inside stuff, that's all set. Yeah. It's not, it's really nice. I love this set. Yeah. I, I've always, in my mind, that staircase, like the main staircase in this movie is one of those things I've always remembered. Like when someone says Fright Night, I always think of the giant room when they first walk in. Yeah. And I also think of uh, Chris Rannon singing Strangers of the Night, which mm. in 1985, I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen <laughs> to see someone break character in a basically a pretty straight movie. I mean, it's it's this is campy. It's a campy movie. Yeah. But I, I, I as a kid, I don't think I thought of it as a super campy movie. But then when Chris Sarandon would like play to the audience, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this this kind of humor is the best. Because <laughs> I still I love Top Secret and all that stuff. So I, I was, you know, anytime someone did something referential where, you know, they're only doing it for the person watching. I was always like, oh, this is much funnier than I thought. I think that endeared this movie to me more yeah. than if it was a straight slasher movie. That's why the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were always such a big thing for me, too, as a kid. Uh, yeah, I, I, I immediately think about when uh, uh, Jerry's walking down the stairs and he hears all of a sudden Charlie discovers that Amy's a vamp- been turned to a vampire and screams. And he just uh, right in front of the camera, he just kind of smiles and is like, oh, that's exactly what I love to hear. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I, I don't know if you guys have any more uh, notes about this particular minute. Nope. Have you guys talked about uh, Rodney McDowell's ring? Like, what his middle ring? Is it? Is it anything? Is it a thing? His, oh, Roddy's ring? No. Yeah, I, yeah, like minutes 58, 59. He's got a middle ring, and I didn't know if it was uh, like a, just an affectation of his character or if it was something... Uh, you never know. Sometimes the script yeah. is like, you know, he actually had a scene where he talked about he was actually a part of a line of long line of vampire hunters, you know, something, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. That's why I always no. just check for those kind of things. We've both mostly been focused on Jerry's ring. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to figure out what Jerry's ring has been in the entire time. And I think it's some sort of uh, uh crest or a skull or something. I think we figured it out. Yeah, we did figure it out. It's a replica of Bella Lugosi's oh, ring. That's and right. Dracula. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But Peter, I don't know. Maybe he's wearing a mood ring. <laughs> well, I mean, at, at this time, everybody wore rings. <laughs> Just what you it, did. I, I figure it's a part of the costume, you know, because he is, this is not his normal everyday wear. This no, is this is like his brain. It, it, it is like, it's like his uh, Ben Helsing slash Sherlock Holmes coat. Right. Of, yeah, it's kind of a look. I really wish they'd let him just have his regular hair. Poor guy was like 56 years old. He could have easily just had his normal hair. I, I, I like that they did that in the, in the revised movie. Like, they didn't make, um, what's his face? Uh, the doctor, David Tennant. They didn't make David him. 
old. I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy like then he would, Ryan McDowell's such a great actor. You don't need to put it. I mean, I say don't need to put him in a lot of makeup. I, obviously he's great as a monkey uh, in, in a movie too, <laughs> but you know, in this, it, in this, it was distracting me, at least on HD. You're just like, ugh, ah, oh, come on, stop. And if this was a time, I mean, it's not, this was never meant to be that no one knew that it would actually become better looking quality. We were like, it comes out on film and then maybe it'll be on some sort of this v, new VHS thingy, which is also crappy film. And they're not like, no, someday they're going to have a computer that's going to make it look better than it used to. And you're like, no. Maybe we need to get George Lucas in on this and have him touch up, uh, <laughs> have the Lucas team touch up, touch this movie up. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Fucking ruin it. He put, he put uh, uh, like a prairie dog in the front yard of uh, Charlie's house. like, oh, hey. <laughs> right. uh, you know, you could almost like kind of headcanon it as Peter is wearing a costume. Maybe he powders himself up before he <laughs> goes out and, right. as Peter Vincent Vampire Killer. Like a 17th century dandy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he has a little snuff box to put this little snuff up his nose, cocaine and other things. Yeah. He's even got Kinda the syphilis. Like yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Crippling syphilis. Uh, well, now I know my episode titles this week or this minute. For, so uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I think it's probably time we could uh, uh, put a stake in this minute. Um, John- <laughs> Jonathan, you want to let uh, everybody know uh, where they can find you? Yeah. We're over at Minute Impossible. It is a podcast kind of like this one. We've uh, we'll talk about the Mission Impossible movies one minute at a time. We've completed both the first movie, the Brian De Palma movie, and the Mission Impossible 2, the John Woo film. And we're starting pre-production on Mission Impossible 3 soon. So come on over to MinuteImpossible.com. Uh, and you can also find our other podcast, because as Robin knows, I'm a huge gearhead, just like he is. <laughs> Yo, yeah. And... Oh yeah, Robin Wheelman Burge, and he—that's uh, well, your name. And we have a podcast called The Cast and the Furious, where we break down the Fast and the Furious franchise one quarter movie at a time because I can't do two uh, minute podcasts at the same time because that would make me insane. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, come on over and find us there at castandthefurious.com. Yeah, so uh, this movie, this this minute will probably be out in, like, January or February. So, yeah, they're probably Oh, we'll be live. We, we may be live at that <laughs> point. Uh, go, we may be actually uh, have out episodes at that point. Yeah. So, so definitely go find us. It's super fun. Robin's been on. It's a super fun show. We love talking about Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise and all the goofy stuff. So, come on over. And uh, as for us, you can follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Leonard Trunk Room Kenyon. Oh, I like that. Trunk Room. <laughs> That's good. They, what was your Trunk Room accounting for? Like? <laughs> I don't know. I wanted a cool car name. Oh, it's like, that, oh, it's like the worst one I could think <laughs> of. You got to join the group, dude. Yeah. We give out free names. You got to watch the movies first, though. Yeah, I've never seen the movies. Oh, yeah, you got to watch the movies first. And, and also, you can have any beer you want. As long as it's Corona. Okay. Uh, do you want to say I'm Jonathan? I'm Jonathan. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, Thanks. everyone. Thanks a lot. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> <laughs>